John Davies has a method, an approach he systematically developed over a career spanning three decades. He's proven it to be invaluable for dozens of industries and thousands of projects facing public acceptance. Up until now, the method has only been available to his select client list. John is unpacking his insight and wealth of knowledge to overcome opposition and earn public support for the first time right here. Throughout these episodes, we'll take a deep dive step-by-step step with John into his strategies to overcome opposition and create support. Nothing is free in this world, but good ideas are priceless. The show could be just the thing you've been looking for. I'm Mark Sylvester. Now, let's get started and talk with John. John, welcome back. So last week we were talking about embracing to engage and we said that the fourth step is called bridge. And I'm why do you call it bridge? It, it, it's so funny. It's why, why come up with names for these? And part of it is just for me to really think about it and, and uh, let people know. So bridge is like you're moving from one side to the other side. So you're crossing a big river. And I want to make it really clear that this is different than the others. So we acknowledge there's going to be a, uh, it impacts when we build a wind farm. We contrast immediately the impacts of not building a wind farm with the impacts of building a wind farm, that much better to build one. And then we embrace and engage. And, and that is really getting under people's skin with good thing and getting them to work. Now, let's bridge across and talk about the financials. And the reason we want to make this so separate is if we start with this, people aren't willing to go with us. No one's willing to sell out their community for jobs or, or tax revenue. It also, you haven't established any trust. There is no trust and there's no relationship. And so the deal is, if you start off by saying exactly what we'll say in the bridge stage, that we'll talk about the economics, if you start with that, you, you have people slowly leave you, support dwindles. In our episode around Embrace and Engage, which was really about benefits, communicating all the benefits, but you said the non-financial benefits. Now we're talking about the financial benefits. Is there a reason, I, I see why it wouldn't be first, but is there a reason we talk about non-financial benefits before financial benefits. Yeah, we, that's more of a value-based versus a financial base. And obviously, they get linked pretty closely. But the idea is, is making payments to family farms have a, a values-based uh, benefit, not just the dollar amount. So the idea is, is talking about the benefits without putting the dollars on it. Because when you put the dollars on it, they're either too big and unbelievable, or they're too small. It depends on where you are. So you got to make the social and the value-based message first. Then is this best, I'm, I'm trying to think of how you best communicate that, because numbers can be so abstract. Are you kind of contrasting numbers too a little bit? Yeah, you, you do. You want to put them, you want to put them beside something. So if you're talking about the benefit to a school district, 
when you're in the bridge. So what are we talking about numbers? So the numbers, what, what are we going to pay to family farmers? Sometimes we talk about it annual. Sometimes we talk about it over the life of the wind farm, 20, 30 years. Sometimes we, uh, we talk about it per farmer. It depends on the community and what we hear in the research. And the one thing we know is big, big numbers make people believe it's not true. Oh. So, you know, if we're going to be paying $2 million a year to farmers and over 30 years, we're going to be paying $60 million to farmers in a community where, you know, it's, it's tough going for agriculture. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's a lot. And then, you know, what is the revenue to the school? So what's the revenue to the school? Well, we're going to be providing the school with X million of dollars a year, which, what does that mean? Well, that means that we're, we're providing the school with an additional 15% funding with no kids coming from us. So it's not like a real estate development where you're providing money because you're building homes and new families are going to be coming to town and they're going to be sending kids to school. We add no kids, but we provide this revenue. I, I like that idea of chunking down the communication to a, a bite-sized piece, let's mm-hmm. say, because that, again, is more believable, more relatable, more like the my next-door neighbor. Like, right. Right? Well, and, and we have... Uh, We've tested in uh, public opinion surveys it, where we will talk about numbers and, you know, everyone says so this is going to be 61% is going to be blah, blah, blah. And then we try 81% is blah, blah, blah. 61% gets a better, a better review. We get more people because it's more believable. When, you, when it's so big, people think you're lying. So you got, it's got to be believable and defensible. Someone uh, taught us in storytelling, we could say, I put on this really, really heavy rucksack. It was 52 pounds. Or I put on this heavy, heavy rucksack. It was the weight of two car tires and a bowling ball. Right. Right. And, and so it's interesting. It's the, uh, the CEO of Intel uh, told a story in, I think, 2010 about their new chip. And it's this fast and does this and does this. And then he said, let me compare this to the auto industry. So if the distance we've come in chips was the distance in the same time auto industry, the car would go 500 miles an hour. It would get 470 (laughs) miles a gallon and it would cost three cents. And I don't know if those are exact numbers from my memory, but the idea is it's ridiculous. But that makes the point how far the chip industry had come versus any other industry. So having having that contrast, but also having the ability to put numbers in in some context. And so uh, when we get to this point, when we start talking numbers after we've talked everything else, it makes people want to listen to them more. They've already said, okay, oh. okay, I, I get the benefits of wind. I'm, I'm open-minded to this. And then, oh, that's, I like the numbers. Now, a lot of people will stick with the numbers as a reason for staying on board. But you don't get them on board because of the numbers. In an earlier episode, we talked about the psychological underpinnings of the method, right? Because the psychology right. of persuasion is there a psychology to how you present finances? First off, as I just said, it's got to be believable. And it's got to be okay. real. And, and it's got to be broken down in a way that people see where it really goes. And there's, there's a reason for it. 
and uh, and it's nice to have proof, you know, that it's been done in another community and in a close by place, and it's something they see. So the psychology is, it's been done before, it's real, I can go find out. That feels like in the um, crossing the chasm, they talk about the early adopter, the early right. majority, late majority, so it feels like that's a, a late majority thing. They want to see that other people have done exactly, it. Exactly, exactly, and they, you know, because the the bad stuff on the internet is nothing works. You know that the the one wind turbine that breaks down someplace out of thousands of them is what the cover photo is, and that's all they talk about. And that that costs money, so they never want to get they never let you get to that point on those. So they're going to go look, and we need to direct them to areas where it shows this community's really rocking because they have a wind farm. I'm curious. Um on fact checking, because that seems to be a thing that people do yeah. now. Yeah. You're now we're, we're in the the numbers, right? These right. are facts. Do you um, footnote all of your facts? It depends. It depends where we're doing it from and where. So if we're footnoting the facts of what's going to go to the school district based on our economics, but the school district is the either against us because someone on the school board doesn't want wind farms. We got to be really careful citing that they go to the school because the school will come out and say we don't believe those numbers. So we have mm. to, every case is different, or mm. the school board doesn't want to get involved, or the superintendent doesn't want to get involved. So if we have a superintendent that's like, I so can't wait to get a wind farm here because we are dying. We can that money will will save our schools. Then we want to cite the school district uh, budget. I've heard you say when we're, we've talked about this bridge and finances, you say, don't waive money. Right. What does that mean? Well, you don't, if this is, if you start by waving money in front of people, it looks like you're trying to buy them. No one wants to be bought. Every, everyone wants to be wooed, one. They want to be wooed. You know, tell me why. Let me make up my own mind. And they want, they want something to be good for their community. You know, you, you got to look at building a wind farm just like building a nuclear power plant or a coal fire plant. You, you've got to give them the value-based message. And we have such a better value-based message than any other source of electricity. And we, we leave it on the table way too much. We just jump right into the numbers. I mean, think about it. Wind's out there saying the same thing that a coal fire plant would do or a natural gas plant. We're, we're going to provide X number of jobs and X million dollars in tax revenue. And we don't start with the other benefits. That just That's just leaving all your best plays on the table and not taking it out. John, I, I love how you've taken us through the Davies method from acknowledging to contrasting to embracing to engage and then bridging. And that's the, the strategy part. We still have some episodes to go because we're not done. I want you to talk about what's coming up. Well, it's sort of interesting because this early stage is to really get a, a framework and an approach in mm. your head. And so it's a little tedious, I would guess, for some folks, but it's if you get this approach in your head, it helps you go to the tactical and the, how you start to reach out. So so the last five things I think we'll, we're gonna talk about here, I believe, is we're gonna go through how we do this. And so one is, is so how do we do this listening? How do we do this research? And I'm gonna unpack how we do it and why we do it so you can do it yourself. 
if that's what you if you want to do it, how we get people to so talk we'll to us. We'll spend a whole episode. We'll on spend that. an episode. Then we're going to talk about how we address people's dreams and fears mm. because that's where people live, their dreams and fears. And in the society we live in today, there's so much fear. Then, then we're going to talk about how to get the message out. How do we get it out? How do we use grassroots? And how do you build off the grassroots to, to social media, digital media? How do we use it with uh, traditional media? And then how do you cultivate the relationship so a supporter becomes an advocate? How do you do that? What are the steps? And there are real steps. And then last, how do we ask for help? How do you ask for help? And how do you continue to ask for help? and keep that moving. And so I think, I think those will be very practical and very hands-on for folks. For this bridge episode, something that they could do once they finish the podcast would probably go look at, do they have A done? Do they have E done? Do they right. have C done? Well, you, you just hit it. Don't, for this one, yeah. don't do it until you have everything <laughs> done because you already know how to do this because this is what you do. John, thanks a lot. I can't wait for our next episode. I look forward to it. Thank you for listening. It's now your opportunity and responsibility to use the method today. You've completed one segment toward understanding the Davies Method. We look forward to you subscribing. Join us as we uncover and explain the nuances of John's distinctive approach. For more episodes, visit thedaviesmethod.com. I'm Mark Sylvester, recording at the Pullstring Press Studios in Santa Barbara, California.